0: Welcome back to Menace Podman, your NBA and Fantasy Basketball podcast. I am Scott Keller, along with Steve St. Pierre. Labor Day weekend's finally here, and to be honest with you, I think Labor Day weekend is probably my favorite weekend of the entire year. You got you know, just fabulous weather, you got festivals, friends, family, football, a bunch of the five Fs, I guess. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, it's all there just in one weekend. It's fantastic. And I also have to shout out, mother-in-law's birthday this weekend happy birthday to her and uh also my in-laws anniversary so happy anniversary to them as well classy but yeah um i don't know i hopefully you're listening to this over the the labor day weekend and uh enjoying some time off of work and having fun but uh, i just wanted to have a shout out as well to pod nation we've we've talked about them a few times huge supporters of uh indie podcasts like ourselves um I had mentioned they, I think I mentioned they created some, uh, AI generated graphics, um, for us to use. Um, I finally got around to revamping our logo. Um, so you may have seen it. If you listened to the last episode or looked on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast and, um, I, I love the new logo. I think it's literally fire. Right, we got the little flame <laughs> on there on the, the basketball on the microphone. But we've got it
1: posted on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it.
0: Exactly. Yep, it's on there, and uh, Pod Nation actually retweeted it for us and gave us a let's go. So that's pretty cool. Um, that was awesome. But yeah, I also put a survey on the bottom of the the Spotify um, the podcast page. So it just said kind of just looking for some. Honest opinions. If you like the new one, you like the old one, the OG logo, or if you like them both, I was just curious to throw it out there. So go ahead and vote on which one you like. Um, and while you're at it, if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review. Leave us a rating on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to us. We yes. appreciate it.
1: Talk to us. Yep.
0: Help but us it, help you. Exactly. In- interesting enough, too. Um, I showed the new logo to my wife like right after I made it because I was like crying a little bit i was like man this is pretty sweet looks awesome and uh she goes i kind of like the old one better and i was like shut up shut up like (laughs) i I like the new one so i don't know i guess there's there's uh maybe it's the pistons colors or something or just kind of the uh simple simplicity of the first one but you know it's awesome
1: yeah you know i'll say um i do think that like how you designed the original one with like the you know the nba logo in mind yeah um it just it kind of went along really nicely with showing you know hey this is an nba kind of focused podcast but having said that like you said the new logo is absolute fire and if you haven't seen it stop everything you're doing and go check it out right now and like you said if you're listening to this chances are you're seeing it
0: here in the moment but but yeah, the the old logo won't go away. The new logo will be here. And actually, my idea was to have a new logo kind of for each, um, you know, each season to kind of separate yeah. them. But I I don't know. We'll see if I still do that. I'm not. I'm curious. We'll see what where this brings us. But they're both fantastic. Awesome. I like them both too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's see. So yeah, just a rundown of what we're doing this week. Um. We got to finish our breakdowns. I lied last week and said we'd finish them up. Um, we still had a torna- tornado. <laughs> tornado. We had a Toronto and Orlando left. I um, <laughs> got a name of this episode. <laughs> Man, these just roll off my tongue so nicely. Yeah. Anyway, so what, we'll touch on those. Um, we've got a Fantasy 101 kind of breakdown of just you know settings and things to look for in your fantasy league just as, as the fantasy drafts start for basketball here soon mm-hmm. and uh, looking at rankings and all that stuff. So just ideas of what you want to do with your league going forward things you know you i know definitely that you kind of like don't like and, and just some ideas to throw around
1: so yeah or if you're brand new to fantasy and you're like what the hell is this you know what should i do or what are these guys saying i should do and
0: we'll get into all that exactly but but yeah i got a few other WNBA, update, a few other news notes and stuff and things like that i know you got a couple of uh, transactions but uh let's just a couple hop, yeah let's hop into our first thing though
1: name on your paper first thing
0: So for our first thing today, um, this one, uh, you brought it to my attention last week. Actually, I think it was like the day of the last podcast and you were like, hey, can we do this uh, for, we got to talk about it. And I was like, well, that's next week's first thing. We got it. So um, yeah, I saw it right
1: after we recorded.
0: Yeah. And this one obviously hits home a little bit more for you than me, um, family wise. But anyways, the story comes, I, I saw the story first when, well, you brought it up. I went online. The first thing I thought of was this uh, article from Tom Brew of Fan Nation. And I think that's the, pretty much the only place that's out there right now. So thanks to Tom Brew for putting this out there. But Gary yeah. Forbes, uh, former NBA player, uh, he's one of three players to play in the NBA um, while managing diabetes. Um, he played for the Nuggets and the Raptors back, that was like early 2010, 2011, I believe. Um, yeah. And then bounced around all over with some other you know, minor league and other teams, European and all this stuff. China, I believe Grand Um, Rapids drive. Exactly. The drive. I did see that on the list, but yeah, there's, there's a long range of lists. It's probably like 16 teams or stops he's been at. So he was undrafted too, um, which is pretty cool. So, you know, make it to the NBA undrafted is always an accomplishment in my mind. Um, but yeah, no, he was, uh, diagnosed uh, with type one diabetes at age 19, um, and yeah, again, I think I remember asking you the question, what's the difference between type one and type two? But yeah, you've got, like I said, more experience with uh, uh, this than me.
1: Well, just a little bit more. Um, so my daughter has type one and we she was just diagnosed this last December. And so I'm no expert by any means, but um, type two is related to kind of like obesity and it's, it's more manageable. Um, type one is manageable, but there's no actual cure for it. So if you have it, you're unfortunately stuck with it, you know, basically for the rest of your life. So um, it's definitely been an adjustment for our entire family. Um, but, you know, my, my daughter's been doing great with it. And this is just another example of someone else who has it, you know, and, and I showed her. I said, hey, look, you know, this guy played professional basketball, you know, in the NBA, the highest level and still managed his type one diabetes. So if he can do it, so can you, and you know, she's an aspiring possible athlete. I mean, she's, she plays sports, you know, we'll see how far she goes in each of them, but, um, she does like basketball. We just signed her up to play again this year. So we're excited, but, um, yeah, no, this is a great story and I'm glad we're talking about it. And yeah, like I said, it was an inspiration for, you know, people like my daughter to say, Hey, look, you know, you can do it. You can do whatever you want and still manage your disease. So,
0: Yeah. And it, it says even actually exactly in the article kind of following on that is he's um, basically he released a book series. It's called Soul Survivors, where he's aiming to inspire, educate, create awareness, um, and you basically just about the daily health struggles um, yeah. faced by individuals, um, especially children um, dealing mm-hmm. with chronic health ch- or conditions. So, um, yeah, exactly what he's intending to do and yeah, share that with people and- children all ages um yeah they're not the only ones so it's kind of nice but uh yeah it creates dialogue um you know it ultimately it's just to create awareness and that's kind of exactly what we try to do with the first thing every week is trying to create that's awareness right. of something new um so we definitely gary forbes awesome for doing that cool stuff um tom brew thanks for putting out the article and of course you can always support the American Diabetes Foundation, diabetes.org if you got some uh, extra cash laying around, burning a hole in your pocket that you'd like to uh, give for a good cause. Well said. All right. Um. So speaking of your daughter, I guess I'll go right into the update. <laughs> Here's the update. Uh, so WNBA, obviously um, your playoff finals are going on. We're halfway. If you made it. Yeah, exactly, halfway or a little <laughs> bit few, uh, more than halfway through the first week of the the two week final, most likely. Um, I think I mentioned. Yeah, I've got one one team in the finals. My other team got didn't even make the playoffs. You lost heartbreakingly. You had one of the best teams and uh just ran into a a buzzsaw. <laughs> so and I was
1: too busy crying to you that I didn't even bother to ask how your other leagues going. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: It's all good. So that's uh, my bad. Right now I'm actually down um by about 60 points going into today, but there's there's games to kind of make up. I yeah. You know, I did something weird. I I tried to make uh, so uh, actually that's going to I'll just do it right now. So I was going to talk about people who replace and injuries. Aaliyah Boston actually hurt her thumb the other day. Um, mm-hmm. So I saw the little out, um, you know, icon on there. And I meant to go put her on the IR. I accidentally dropped her. <laughs> so I had to go back out on waivers and go pick her up. But she didn't, she hasn't had a game yet until uh, Friday, even if she does play. Um, so I didn't miss out on anything, but I was freaking out. I was like, "Crap! I'm in the finals and I just dropped Aaliyah Boston. This is not good. So. Uh, maybe i get got to get my eyes checked here but um <laughs> any race, if she is out though <laughs> i may pick up amanda zewee b victoria vivians or emma cannon um all good replacements for her if she is out so if you got her if you're playing and you got her um go check that out um other people injured right now diana Taurasi, we mentioned last week the toe um, Mo Jefferson yeah. was a good pickup um, mm-hmm. to put in her place. She's still day to day. I d- I don't know if she'll she'll play here next game. So just just watch your lineup. They've um, already
1: been eliminated from playoff contention. Correct. So we're talking about possible shutdown risks at this point with that team.
0: This is true. That's absolutely true. So, so there's that to look at um, Chicago though, is still a little live um, guards. You can look at Dana Evans, who's been getting really strong here at the end of the year. And of course, one of our fan favorites, Megan Gustafson. <laughs> yeah. she, she can always be played if you need somebody and she's available. So um, just, I mean, this is it. Make up all your, pick up everybody you can and uh, use all your moves and just go for it. So, yeah, um, Let's see what else. Oh, there was a good, uh, actually on ESPN, there was a really good article that came from Alexa Philippou. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Uh, native of Baltimore. She's a Stanford grad. She, uh, does women's basketball reporting for ESPN. Um, I think it was just out there today, but it's, they basically sent out a survey, um, to, f- I can't remember how many people, they had just under 40 current WNBA players reigning from, you know, MVPs all the way down to rookies and things, just surveying uh, their ideas on things and what's kind of the biggest issues with uh, the WNBA. And there were five major issues, but its a, I'm not going to go into all of them. Obviously, we probably know a lot, um, like the travel issues, um, the safety sure. issues, uh, money, expansion, all those things were out there, some salary things yeah. too. Um, but it's a really good article. She's, she's awesome, actually. She covers, um, like I said, women's sports um very, very well. So go ahead and on Espn.com and check that article out too if you'd like. And what was the other thing? Oh, this is not basketball related, but it's women's sports related. Nebraska volleyball the other day played a volleyball game in the football stadium and they had ninety two thousand three people watch that volleyball match. It was set set the record for the most watched women's sporting event um, of all time. It was Really cool scene. Um, they had like like the volleyball team came out of the tunnel, you know, with the fog, like as if they were a football team. It was pretty cool, and uh, deservedly so. Nebraska has a really good volleyball team. Uh, John Cook, awesome coach there. He's won four Natties over there, six NCAA finals, nine semis. He's the fifth fifth winningest coach in NCAA history. So it was just cool. Nebraska fans showing some love to their uh, women's volleyball team over there.
1: That's great. And for athletes, there's no better feeling than like coming out of a tunnel or whatever and just having all those fans up screaming, you know, fires you up, gets
0: you ready for the game. It's a great feeling. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool. And just another thing, just grown women's sports. I love it. I think it's, I think it's a great thing. Uh, Let's see. So other quick, actually, let's go to your, your moves first. And then I got a few things after that.
1: Okay. Uh, Not much here. (laughs) Pretty (laughs) quiet week this week. We did say that we thought the Charlotte Hornets would start getting a little more active now that the ownership situation is settled. And I think we were right because PJ Washington re-signed with the Charlotte Hornets to a three-year deal and to make room for him, they did waive Kobe Simmons. So, um, you know, we knew that that was probably coming. PJ Washington's a good player, uh, but they're a little bit more crowded of a front court. So in terms of fantasy, it's going to be really interesting to see how things play out. I think Washington could maybe have some value in the short term with Miles Bridges being out for suspension. But when he comes back, you know, anything's possible at that point. So just kind of keep an eye out on that situation. Um, the only other move we saw was Svee um Svi uh, signed a one-year or is signing a one-year deal with the Boston Celtics. And that's just a good kind of depth move there for them. Oh, I did want to also mention uh, Franz Wagner. We haven't been talking too much about FIBA and World Cup, but um, this was another injury that I just wanted to bring up. Um, He has a sprained left ankle, but it doesn't sound like it's serious. They did an MRI on it, um, but it didn't reveal anything, um, you know, too too devastating looking or anything like that. So uh, for now, he's day-to-day, just something to keep an eye on. That's all I got my brother. <laughs>
0: That's a wrap. <laughs> all right, thank you very much. Um and yeah, just the other few notes um I had of random things before we get the the last two teams of our breakdown. Um Eric Lewis uh NBA official well he just retired. <laughs> so he, yeah. he he sent out I don't know if he sent out a tweet or whatever, but he he announced he was retiring, but I See, I didn't even know the extent of the story, but basically he had a burner count at Cutliff Blair. I don't know where that name comes from, but MVA had launched an investigation into it. um, And like I said, he retired, and they basically were like, he retired and we're not investigating anymore. Kind of weird, I guess. Um, I don't know. I I don't know much to say about this because I don't know the whole extent of it, but just the way the, the referees are... In, in all sports, not just the NBA right now, it's kind of, it kind of feels like it's becoming a bigger issue almost every day. And I think maybe with the sports gambling and things like that, we'll see more effects. Obviously, we've seen the old stuff with the, you know, the Donahue's and st- things of that nature, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's just weird. I had to mention it. And it just seems like the NBA may need to take a step further into kind of how closely they watch their officials and their performance and things like that and their, their grading and. Uh, social media and things like that. So I don't well, know. Just had to throw I, it out there.
1: I agree with that, but I also think this is a good reminder to just anybody in professional sports to just be really careful about what you're putting on social media. You know, whether it's a your own account or a burner. Um, you know, it, once you put something out there, it's out there, and it can be tracked and traced back to you. So even if you've got a burner account, um, you know, people can track you down. So. You know, we saw the whole thing with Brian Colangelo and the Toronto Raptors and, or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, that was the 76ers that was mm-hmm. after his days with the Raptors. But yeah, that whole thing was a mess too. And it's just, you know, we've talked about certain players, Kevin Durant, he's been very vocal about how he has burner accounts and he loves to get on there and, you know, square off with people, but you just got to be really careful about what you're saying and what you're putting out there. Cause once it's out there, it's there, it's
0: yes, there sir. for anybody to see. I know. I I'd be careful, on, uh, I'm always careful on ours. I make sure. I always think about. Man, I want to say something to this person, and I'm like, no, no, don't say anything. It's always good never to reply. Just send out your own post. Just don't reply to things. Yep, that's what I always find. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, um, I listen to. I we talk about other podcasts. Obviously, we're a big fan of podcasts and doing our own podcasts, and we listen to other ones. But um, I I don't usually listen to the Pat Bev podcast and I I actually did today while I was working. Um, and he, I think the one that just came, I think he just came out today or yesterday. I don't remember the date though, but, uh, Mark Cuban was on it yeah. and I'm actually, I'm a big Mark Cuban fan. I love him. I, I love him back from the shark tank days and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, I'll, I just think he's a great owner. I think he cares and he does good things. I, li- I like the way he thinks, um, outside the box Obviously a
1: very savvy businessman. Exactly.
0: Um, but it's just a really good conversation. And i actually another thing too. I don't Pat Bev to me is one of those guys that I drives me nuts when I see him playing. He's probably one of those guys, you know, he's not on your team and I hate him. Um, Absolutely. But listening to him on the podcast, he's actually really tolerable. Um, yeah. And I, and I, and I enjoy listening to him talk. So very um, well-spoken and, and very open and honest. Exactly. Very, very much so. And I, I, it's weird because I I hate that these player podcasts take away from anybody that might probably listen to our podcast, but um I maybe hopefully we just add on to it and we're just another one they listen to. But um I don't know. I, I love the player podcast. I think the Paul George podcast, P, I think is actually really good. It's a little too long, but the things they talk about yeah. and just talking to other players is really good. Yep. um and, and this one as well. um Anyways, I'm getting a little off subject, but Mark, even there were all these things he went down and there were things that really stood out to me. One thing was... He he said it twice and they even opened the show with it. He's saying they were talking about Kyrie Irving and how he said Kyrie knows it's Luca's team. This is Luca's team. Luca need an extra person, blah blah blah. Kyrie will do anything he has to do, but Luca's number one priority. And he understands that. And I thought that was pretty cool.
1: It was really cool. And you know, like Kyrie agreed to re-sign with them this summer when he easily could have left and gone somewhere else. So, you know, clearly when he got there last season Luca had already been there and established, you know, that it was his team. So, um, yeah, I, I think him re-signing with Dallas kind of confirms what Cuban's saying here. And, you know, the, I, I think that we still need to give it more time with this pairing. And he's right. You know, a lot of people have kind of criticized that, you know, the two of those guys aren't a good fit next to each other. But we just don't know. We haven't seen enough yet. And, you know, a lot of the issues that they had as a team after Kyrie got there I don't think had anything to do with their backcourt. So, you know, we've talked all uh, about their off season and how they yeah. revamped their front court and their big guys and stuff. Now we need to see how these guys all play together and, you know, how their head coach, Jason Kidd's going to make it all work. So.
0: There was actually one thing he did bring up was the, the chemistry between the two of them. And he said, that was not an issue. It was chemistry between the whole team. That was something going on way before they brought the two of them together. So yeah. um, he acknowledged that. And I, I agree. I think that they will be, you know, great going forward, he even had some stat that he saw um that you know the both of them on the floor at the same time had you know some great numbers and blah 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 so um that was cool. I thought it was also cool. He mentioned just things that were really tough to do <laughs> as uh um as a owner, and one was hiring a coach he said was probably the hardest thing he ever had to do as an owner was hiring a coach he said they're all smart none of them are idiots and they all are ready for the interviews and things so it's really hard to you know find the coach that you want um he also said other trades um, were really tough to do he said he cried when he you know made some trade because he creates relationships with these players and things mm-hmm. Um and then another cool thing he said he said he quote he said a trade is an admission that you need something or did something wrong and i thought it was a really cool quote because Yeah, obviously you. It's a great point. You made a wrong move, or you need to fix something. So it was just kind of cool quote. And they talked about the CBA and how hard it was to um, build teams now with the new CBA. And they also talked about how players can demand trades. See, it's funny your doorbell's ringing and I got somebody cutting the lawn next to me. (laughs) So we're we're on a roll today. Um, Anyways, uh, where was I going? Oh, he was talking about how all these big players they can anybody can. They were talking about like the. Uh, James Harden's, you know, and the, the dames, they can demand trades, but now it's harder for a team to be able to get them because of like, where can they actually go now based on, or keep them correct. And based on uh requirements of the new CBA and things like that. So really cool conversation. Go check it out. Um, Pat Bev and Mark Cuban. Uh, and another thing real quick, sports podcast group, they posted a little picture on here. We mentioned they're having the awards and whatnot. Um, Later, uh, S- September, they have some nominations come out, or you can enter the thing for the awards, the podcast awards. But uh, they had a little thing come out with podcasts, and it showed the growth of the podcast market uh, to 2032. And supposedly, by 2032, the podcast market is going to be over $233 billion compared to $4 billion a few years ago. So huge growth there. And if you want to get into that growth and enjoy it and have fun doing podcasting as well, you can do that, and you should check out Podcastle. Listen to this message right now.
1: Hey, this is Steve from Menace Podman. Scott and I have been having a blast creating our podcast. I can't tell you how much we look forward to recording days and providing amazing MBA content to our listeners every week. It's hard work, but with the right software, it's a lot easier. We use Podcastle to seamlessly edit and create production quality sounding podcasts. Podcastle is now equipped to record audio and video and distribute to all the places podcasts are found. You can find a link directly in the show notes to Podcastle. So if you're a podcaster or future podcaster, go check out Podcastle.
0: All right. So as mentioned on the top of the show, we just got two more teams to run through here. Um, to for our individual breakdowns and that will cover it for the the summer here so we got the we're gonna start off with the orlando magic here um orlando magic i don't even have to know where they finished somewhere way at the bottom maybe (laughs) last. i don't i don't even know um yeah uh i i never know what i i guess yeah i never know what orlando is doing i can never figure it out um but uh Yeah. Do you have any idea? Uh, No, I don't. (laughs) I don't. In
1: fact, I was going to say the same thing. It's another year, another bunch of puzzle pieces thrown together and just, you know, figure it out. It's a really weird setup. Uh, What we do know is that Paolo Boncaro is like the face of this franchise at this point. Um, You know, number one overall pick last year, uh, rookie of the year. And we talked about it as soon as they started, they just, they threw him right out there and they gave him the ball and they ran everything through him. So, um, he's their unquestioned go-to guy.
0: Yeah. He Don't actually, he actually proved me wrong a little bit. I remember, um, draft time. I I think, you know, you were, I think you texted me something and you're like, what do you think of Ben Caro? and stuff? And I was like, Hey, he's nothing special. And I, quite wrong. I mean, he's, he's, he's been doing pretty well and obviously he's only got room to run and develop even more. So, um, he was, he was very surprising to me what he was able to accomplish and do in his, his first year.
1: Yeah. Now in terms of fantasy, he was not that good. Um, he's got a lot of holes in his game that he needs to improve, but, you know, obviously, you know, being a rookie and now going into his sophomore season, You know, you usually expect those guys to make a jump. You know, they've got more confidence. They're more used to how the defenses are playing them, et cetera. So, um, you know, you could definitely draft him with confidence in the middle rounds. You know, we still need to see how high he can take his game. But, you know, he's definitely, like we said, he's the go-to guy there. And, you know, I think he's going to improve across the board. But what he can do right now, he can definitely score – he could definitely rebound, um, you know, and he's got a lot to his game. He's going to handle the ball a lot. He's going to have a lot of usage. Um, you know, he does need to be more efficient. He needs to watch the turnovers and the percentages and all that stuff. But, again, a lot of that is attributed to the fact that he's young and, you know, he's on a team where, like we've said, you know, just they don't really have much more of an identity. Guys don't really know where they're playing, you know, we'll get into the rest of their starting lineup, but it's a giant crap shoot. Um, you know, we talked about Franz Wagner in the last segment about how he's day to day right now with the ankle injury, but assuming that he's healthy for training camp and preseason and the regular season um, he should start at the other forward position with Boncaro and those two together continue to de- develop chemistry. And um, you know, Wagner's a young player as well. So he's looking to improve and grow and, And develop on his own. Um, You can say the same thing about Wendell Carter Jr. He's their center. And now that Mo Bamba's out of the way, Bull Bull's out of the way, um, I think it's pretty safe to say that Carter's got that starting spot locked down. Um, Franz Wagner's brother, Mo Wagner, um, should be the backup center. And he's a good player too. Um, You know, still has room to develop and grow. Um, but in terms of fantasy, I think those three starters are the guys that you probably want to target in terms of drafts. Um, and then just kind of keep an eye on, you know, Mo Wagner. Um, you know, we talked about how they picked up Joe Ingalls. That was kind of a weird move. I don't really know why Ingalls would really want to go to a team like that this late in his career. Uh, but obviously they must value his veteran leadership. He's been around for a long time. Um, So from a team perspective, that makes a lot of sense. It's a good move. Uh, Their backcourt is a total mess. Um, Markel Fultz, I still think he is going to stick as the starting point guard, but they drafted Anthony Black this year. Um, There's a chance that they could give him a a shot at starting. Um, They still have Cole Anthony. We talked about how they're bringing uh, Mac McClung into training camp. I don't expect him to play at all if he makes the team. Uh, but he's another guy. They still have Jalen Suggs, you know, high lottery pick a couple of years ago. Um, he really hasn't worked out too well. He's had some injury stuff, you know, but he needs to continue developing. They still have Gary Harris. Um, I have no idea who's going to start at that two spot. It could be Harris. It could be Ingles. Um, it could be Suggs. It could be someone else. Maybe they go small. Maybe they play like Fultz and Black together. And maybe maybe they just don't commit to a starting lineup. Maybe every game they just kind of keep throwing different guys out there until something works, you know. Um, we'll have to see. One guy that I absolutely want to talk about, probably at length a little bit here, is Jonathan Isaac. Um, I've <laughs> talked about it before. We've talked about it many times. I love this guy. and I would touch <laughs> you right now if I could through the mic. <laughs> He's got such a great – fantasy game, such a fantasy friendly game. Whenever he's healthy, he's been awesome. But the problem is he's never healthy. And now, you know, even with those guys gone that we mentioned, you know, Bamba and Bull Bull, you know, he's still playing behind uh Boncaro and Wagner and Carter. So, um, you know, they're paying him 17 and a half million dollars this upcoming season. And we have no idea what his role is going to be in terms of fantasy. I still like drafting him late just as kind of a flyer pick and let's just see what happens. You know, maybe he gets traded. Yeah. Roll that dice and just see, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll play him, um, you know, solid minutes off the bench. Maybe somebody will get hurt and he'll get it back in the starting lineup. Maybe they'll decide to like recommit to him and play him and Boncaro together more. Um, I have no idea. And I don't even know if they have any idea at this point. So um, like you said, it's just been a weird jumble of guys that they've just been, and it's been from year to year. And, you know, in in terms of fantasy, like we said, other than the guys that we've mentioned, um, you know, I like Foltz, but, you know, if there's a timeshare thing going on there, it's going to be hard to really trust him, but he's my favorite of their guards. So he's a guy that I think you should, Definitely draft, but probably just not too early. You know, I think all of these guys are kind of like mid to late rounds, tops. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 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 guys we mentioned for their two guard spot, I don't like any of them in fantasy. I think that's a total timeshare. Uh maybe one of one of them emerges and gets, you know, twenty eight to thirty minutes a game or something like that. And, and again when, when injuries come into play, anything's possible. Um, they still have Chuma Okiki on their roster. He's a guy that's had some injury issues as well. But when he's been healthy, he's shown that he's a, a good player and a guy that has some fantasy appeal uh, when he's out there on the court. But, again, on this team, you just can't count on any of that. So, you know, we'll have to see if they make a trade or two. But if not, if this is the roster that they bring into camp, it's a crapshoot.
0: Yeah, I yeah i have nothing to say i don't even have notes usually i have a few notes on these teams and the only notes i have is a question mark i, I don't <laughs> same it's i mean it, like i started with i i have no idea what they're doing i never know what they're doing as as far as fantasy you hit it right on the head i'd probably even go further and more serious i don't really want any of them um that bancaro i would take obviously if he falls in the right spot to me and then some mid rounds but uh I've, I've had Franz Wagner's before. I've had Wendell Carter's before. Um, yeah, same here. They, they don't excite me. or really pan out that great for me where I go, oh man, I don't want to miss out on this guy at all at any spot. So um, it would have to really work out where there was just nobody better, but I think I would always pick somebody over those guys. Um, yeah. I liked uh,
1: Franz Wagner a couple of years ago when he was more of an ad drop guy, I was streaming him a lot before sure. he became a regular starter, but other than him um, I've had Foltz a couple times. I do like Foltz as a late round pick. If you can get him late. Um, and again, we've talked about the importance of the point guard position. So, um, you know, I don't mind drafting him. And like I said, I love Jonathan Isaac. I love his game. Yeah, you know, I, I think he's just such a great all-around player. He can do everything. We've talked about how awesome of a defensive player he is. Uh, You're he,
0: blocking the
1: crosswalk. <laughs> he gets blocks. He gets steals. Um, but he can score too, and he can shoot. He can kind of yeah. do everything. So you know, it. He's not going to have that like kind of lead role on this team. But you know, you know, if there's an injury or two, or if there's a trade or two, that could change. So. Again, I I love drafting him late just as a flyer pick, but um yeah. you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes up there.
0: I know I know it's I, obviously College players come into the NBA all the time, but to me, this team is basically like the All Clark Kellogg team because I can I can, <laughs> see, I can like I can see him or listen. I can hear it in my yeah. head right now. Go, Anthony Black, mark Markel, Full, Jalen yeah. Suggs, Cole Anthony, Caleb Houston, Jet Howard, Admiral yeah. Schofield. Like I can hear him saying <laughs> those names. um But yeah, it's no nobody. Out. To me, Black Suggs and Anthony are all pretty much the play, same player, um and they're not. They're fine. They're serviceable NBA players Mm -hmm. and whatnot, young players that can, but Cole, Anthony, Jalen Suggs, I'm done. I don't think they go any further. I don't think I'm, I think they're done. Anthony black, obviously it's way too early. Um, and he, I think he's a little more athletic than the other two. So I think he has more potential than the other two did, but still, I don't know enough about him to really make a huge assessment yet. So, um, but the other two, yeah, I think they're, unfortunately their time is up. Um, but yeah, that's I guess that's all I have to say about Orlando. But yeah, um, I think we can move on. Yeah, let's move right on to the last team of the breakdowns: the Toronto Raptors. Um, Toronto finished what ninth in the East, I believe, last year. Um, they're, I, I'm sure you've got a lot to say. They've made a lot of moves and and have a lot of openings and things like that.
1: Yeah, their biggest move was letting Fred Van Vliet go in free agency. You know, he signed with the Houston Rockets, and unfortunately they couldn't get anything for him. But, you know, sometimes it can be a good thing because then it opens up cap space and it gives teams flexibility. And we've talked about how Toronto's kind of in a, like, soft rebuild. You know, ever since they won the championship, they've kind of slowly torn that team up or, you know, just seen guys leave. And, like we said, it's kind of freed things up for them to do different things. So, um, yeah, really interesting with what's left. Um, I guess we can start with Pascal Siakam. I think now's kind of his chance to take over that lead role. Um, you know, even though he's playing from the power forward position, he's a guy that has the ball in his hands a lot. He plays kind of almost a facilitator kind of thing. He's going to have high usage. And I think now's his opportunity to prove that he can be that like go-to type of guy and if not you know we again we'll continue to probably hear all kinds of trade rumors coming out of Toronto we've heard him for years it seems like it just keeps happening until it finally occurs you know so uh, we'll have to see but I like Siakam you know I think he's definitely a guy that um, you could take comfortably in like the rounds three, four kind of range. You know, I I don't think he's going to fall further than that. Um, OG on has always been one of my guys. I, I, I love OG. He's a guy that does tend to fall, um, like fourth, fifth round. And, you know, he's kind of a good, uh, value pick, a good bargain guy. You know, he's not a real big name, so he tends to fall a little bit behind like the LeBrons and, you know, the guys like that. Um, but you can scoop in a round or two later and get him and get similar value, if not better. So, um, you know, he's a guy like Scotty Barnes. Uh, This is a chance for him to take over more of a facilitating role, uh, handle the ball a lot more. Um, He had a a, a disappointing sophomore season last year. Um, He came in with a lot of expectations that, you know, were similar to what we talked about with Orlando and Boncaro. And, you know, obviously it didn't quite happen for him. So now it's kind of another opportunity for him to try to do that. Um, They did sign Dennis Schroeder. Um, So there's a chance that Schroeder starts at the point guard spot. They brought back Gary Trent Jr., which we talked about. He may start or come off the bench. Um, They still have Malachi Flynn. I think he'll back up either Schroeder
0: think Trent or whatever. I think Grady Dick will be... (laughs) Moving up, um, as far I think what they have this in in this depth chart is what third, um, I don't, I but I guess the problem is I don't know if you can play anything other than shooting guard. Well,
1: and this is what's weird is like that they lost their best player in free agency, but yet they still have a lot of guys. You know they've got um, you know Garrett Temple who they signed. They still have Otto Porter under contract. If he's healthy, he's a guy that can get minutes. They still have Thaddeus Young. They signed Jalen McDaniels. Um, and we haven't even talked about any of their big men yet. Um, they still have Jakob Purtle, who they re-signed. He's going to start for them at center. Um, they still have Precious Achua. They've got Chris Boucher. They've got Thad Young, Christian um, Coloco. Yeah. So they just they've got a ton of guys. So uh, kind of like Orlando, you know, it's a, a very much like a wait and see. You they know,
0: all, I, actually, and to me, they actually kind of remind me more of our Pistons in a way. Uh, other minus the. Uh, Siakam, let's say, and yeah. Jakob Purtle, but like everybody else is kind of, um, Dennis Schroeder would be like our, uh, uh, Joe Harris kind of guy, yeah, like <laughs> just, just some older guy we just picked up to, you know, kind of fill in a spot. And then Scotty mm-hmm. Barnes, Cade Cunningham, they have their, you know, they, they were the same year, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Going for rookie of the year and stuff. And, and yeah. I don't know. We just had a bunch of people that we could choose from. And I think that's kind of what they're doing. It's almost like a tryout year.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel like their starting lineup is more set in stone, but I sure. think their rotation as a whole is an absolute crapshoot. And again, it's going to come down to who's healthy and who's there. You know, we're going to continue to hear trade rumors and they could make a trade any, any time now. So we'll have to wait and see. But, This will be a team to watch in preseason for sure, you know, and, and again, um, new coaching staff here. So, um, you know, brand new coach, you know, so, yeah, we're going to have to kind of see how, um, you know, the rotation looks and who's playing where. And, you know, that could vary game to game, especially early on. Um,
0: And speaking of fantasy and stuff, and you said new coaching, we know Nick Nurse basically took a starting lineup and played them every minute of every game yeah i don't so, see
1: that happening here now I,
0: exactly so i don't know if i mean if anybody looks at last year's stats and compares them to what they might see this year i mean i assume you might have a little drop in stats for guys like scotty barnes ogs siakam guys who were playing more minutes i i would assume but maybe that's just me i don't know
1: well i I do kind of think that Siakam, OG, and Barnes will get around the same minutes that they were getting before. I just kind of think that, like, even though they have a lot of depth, um, there's a drop-off in talent from top to bottom. I just think that um, they're still going to be relying on those three guys primarily for, you know, scoring. And again, like, they don't have a lot of, like, true point guards or anything, so there's going to be a lot of, like, usage between those three guys and they're going to be using them as you know primary playmakers so uh, I think a lot of the offense will go through those three and again they've committed you know to Pertle they brought him back on a pretty big contract so you know I think he's pretty safe to you know say he's the starting center there so um, you know he'll get a good amount of minutes and yeah. then but I the guess the other the co-
0: sorry to cut you off but I <laughs> okay. guess the other question too is are they a team that at the end of the year if they're even competing for a play in spot any longer. And and that's exactly this- what I
1: was going to say okay. too. Yeah. Because again, like if they're competing, they'll probably wind up playing more of the veteran guys. But if they suck early or have a couple of injuries or something, they might blow it up or shut people down. And then, like you said, they're playing guys now like Grady Dick, um, you know, Flynn, some of the younger guys. Yeah. Precious Achua giving them more minutes and you know, sitting down the guys like the Otto Porters and the Thad Youngs and the Garrett Temples. So, you know, we'll just have to see, you know, it's going to be interesting throughout the entire season, but, you know, we can definitely watch them in preseason and just get an idea of how they're going to be using these guys and then go from there. But again, in terms of fantasy, I think Siakam's probably like a third, fourth round guy. I'd say OG and Barnes probably go around like the four to five round range. Um, Pirtle's a mid round guy, you know, center depth. If you're looking for like a, you know, third center on your team or something like that, just keep in mind, he's not a very good free throw guy. So he's maybe like a punt free throw type of guy. Yeah. And then, um, you know, late round flyers on Gary Trent Jr. Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder's never had like an amazing nine cat game. Uh, Gary Trent is a pretty good nine category guy. He hits a lot of threes. Um, he could be up and down in terms of percentages, but if he's got the volume, if he's getting minutes and he's getting touches, he's usually pretty good. So I like targeting him late. Um, and that's about it for me in terms of fantasy, you know, Chris Boucher used to be, um, an industry darling because of his per minute upside. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen over the years, his minutes have been jerked all around and, You know, I don't know that that's going to change with this new coaching staff. You know, if it does, then he's a guy certainly to, to keep an eye on. But again, with all these other names, all these other bodies in their front court, I don't see it
0: happening. No, no, I have nothing else that I want to be on the Scotty Barnes train. I want him to uh, get better and better. I have hope, I hope that he can, um, he to me, right now, if I think about it, as far as numbers wise and his lines, I like, comp wise, he's like a Josh Giddey to me. He's got the yeah. potential to get yep. better, but he's but he kind of puts up. He's got you know, holes in his game, and, yeah,
1: and, and he's got plenty of like time and, and upside to to fix those holes. But um, you know, we've got to see
0: it, but see yeah. it to believe it. Yeah, that I have a soft spot for these guys, those like Scotty Barnes and the Giddies that I just wanted I, I know they can do it. They have the potential and you can see them put up these you numbers. Know, like you could they could put a line that's like seven, seven or ten, seven, and seven, like every night. Like yeah, they could get the yeah, rebound the the definitely there. So,
1: and Yeah, I mean, you know, balance is balance. If if a guy's a triple double threat, he's gonna have some kind of value in fantasy, you know, and then you just hope that their percentages don't completely tank you or that the turnovers aren't too bad. And then you just kind of go from there.
0: Yep. All right. Well, that does it for the summer's individual team breakdowns. Um, I. That's it. I think we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back, and we'll start doing our Fantasy 101. Hey, it's Scott from Menace Podman. And if you love sports and you're a somewhat low-key gambling degenerate like I am, you should definitely check out outlier.bet. Uh, they have a super easy to use platform, um, supported on both mobile and desktop sites, um, and it really allows you to crunch the numbers and make you f- get some confidence in the bets that you're making. Um, you can do multiple things um, on Outlier. Uh, you can explore across multiple markets. Uh, you can get suggestions on, and curated picks. Um, you can analyze trends, match up data, line movement, and my favorite feature, um, Outlier is integrated with multiple betting sites, so you can seamlessly transfer your picks to automatically fill out your bet slips um, with just as easy as two clicks. Um, So there's a link directly in the show notes to Outlier. You should check them out. Um, Click on the link, go to the site, sign up, get a free seven-day trial of Outlier, and go win some money. All right, so fantasy draft, mock drafts, quickly approaching, starting to happen already. Um, we just saw, uh, we mentioned last week on our podcast, or I, now I said last week, and if I use this over again, I can't say last week. Anyways, we mentioned <laughs> on a previous podcast that, uh, uh, Yahoo had just opened, uh, their fantasy basketball, which is our favorite. Their rankings are mm-hmm. usually good and they're just the way they run their leagues are awesome. Um, so, yeah, first of all, we're, we're basically just going to do a fantasy one-on-one here, kind of introducing new people to fantasy basketball settings and all leagues and everything you can do here, um, different options you have. And then, uh, I mean, also, if you've already, obviously a lot of people that listen to this probably already have played fantasy basketball. So hopefully we can just throw some new ideas around or uh, just some opinions that we have. Now, to be honest, myself, I have have never... the commissioner of an nba fantasy league Mm -hmm. um i don't know tons about the settings um but i do play (laughs) all the time Mm -hmm. and i know once the settings are set what i have to do to follow the rules but i do obviously have a co-host that probably knows not probably definitely knows a lot more (laughs) about being the commissioner and some settings and all the other preferences you can have with fantasy basketball and so i'm throwing this to you and i'm just going to follow along so
1: yeah, and what's nice about this is it's going to help, you know, all different levels of fantasy players. It's going to help with people who haven't played or had as much experience with um, playing or running leagues. Um, and then it's going to help with people who have been doing it for a long time and, you know, kind of throw out some ideas of, like, how you can improve things and tweak things. And we've touched on it, you know, over the course of the – um you know, nine or 10 months, we've been doing this now on Menace Podman. And even before that, you know, we've talked about certain things, you know, we talked about ideas for the fantasy playoffs and stuff like that. We talked about end of season stuff, and we're going to get into that a little bit today too. So um, that's all stuff that's always good to just kind of take in and listen to and just think about, you know, how can I make my league better as a commissioner and stuff like that. You can always, you know, toss out ideas and, and listen to ideas and then just, you know, utilize them any way that you want to. So it'll be beneficial to anybody who listens to this.
0: Sounds good. So I think what the first way you got your, your ways to play. Obviously the the thing, daily fantasy sports, you throw it out here. I I see it as a topic here. That's the thing that really, (laughs) that's my, that's my expertise. I, I love the daily fantasy sports because I love not having to pay attention to things sometimes for a whole season. So. Yeah,
1: so daily fantasy sports for anybody who doesn't know, DFS. It's basically just you you almost every single website that does fantasy has D- some form of DFS, but the most popular ones are like DraftKings, FanDuel, um but you can go on almost any other fantasy site and they have some form of daily fantasy sports on there. It's basically just you go on every day that you play. And you pick players who are playing that day and you typically have until 7 p.m that day it's usually eastern time um, to set your lineups and just pick whoever's playing that day
0: yeah and you I would a say ser- a lot of uh, the daily fantasy sports you do them by time brackets too so they they'll, they'll do a full day and they'll also have separate contests for seven o'clock games 10 o'clock games type thing so
1: yeah and you can, you kind of have like a, a fantasy budget that you can spend. And we've kind of talked about it a little bit. Like the, the higher price players are your star players. The ones that are expected to have the best performances that night. So, um, you know, those guys are typically the higher price. So you can't make your whole team be those type of guys. You have to be strategic about how you spend your budget.
0: Strategically cheap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, it's fun, um, but it's, there's a lot of luck involved. There's a lot of like, just, you know a lot of just paying attention you're right you don't have to pay as much attention in the long term but short term you have to really look at like matchups and who's healthy who's hot right now who's cold um which you know like you said is a lot of fun and it and it goes along with a lot of like betting analysis and a lot of like strategy for that too so um but it's a completely different game from if you're doing season long leagues and that's my personal preference because I I've always enjoyed the the challenge of like you draft your team you put your team together and that's your team that you manage throughout the season and you can make trades and you can make changes you can you know adds drops um, all that kind of stuff and, it, and it's really I kind of feel like that's where fantasy came from, you know, like the, the dream of being a general manager Agreed. or like, you know, when fans would say, Oh, why did they do that? Why did they trade that guy? Or, you know, this guy's a bum. I wouldn't have done that. I would do this instead. The fantasy sports gives you the fan, the opportunity to, you know, run your own team, you know, you're the boss and, you know, it's a fun challenge and it, you know, depending on what sport you play, what sport you follow, um, obviously, we're covering basketball, but it's just a way to kind of like put yourself into the game. And it gives you more incentive, like we've talked about before, to follow along with what guys are doing and and what players are you know producing in terms of stats. And, you know, it's it's a great way to just kind of follow along with the box scores and pay attention to trends again. And like, you know, who's playing where, who's hurt, who's hot, who's not. All that stuff. So Yeah,
0: I agree. Uh, That gives you, you're basically a general manager of a team, which is pretty sweet. And I think uh, the the daily fantasy sports, the biggest, one of the biggest downfalls to me is that you're just interacting. Well, you don't have to, you can um, set up, you know, leagues amongst your friends, but this usually you're just in a pool of public people. Who knows where they're at, and you're you're just yeah. playing against some. Whereas your season log leagues that we usually play, you're usually playing with your friends. And that's well, a, a we'll huge get into bonus. that.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that a little deeper. But um, there are different options that you can do uh, for that, and there are different you know that'll get into kind of like what you're going to want to do with your leagues depending on those situations. But we'll save that here for a little bit. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about were like the different league types. So we're going to focus on season long for a little bit here in this discussion. I wanted to talk first about like different types of leagues. So you've either got what's called a redraft, which is where every season you're drafting an entirely new team. Just all the players are in the player pool. You draft everybody. And um, you know, unlike DFS, I didn't mention this, but in DFS um, you know, Anybody can draft anybody, you know, you and I could both play DFS and we could both draft the same, the same person. Yep. Yeah. In season long, you're drafting that player and that player is yours. Nobody else can have them. So that's why we get into like rankings and like, you know, who's going in which round and stuff like that in terms of prioritizing uh, different players, different position players and stuff like that. Um, so that's what redraft is where you're drafting an entirely new team. Um, You can also play in formats like Keeper or Dynasty, where you're keeping players from season to season. And that all depends on your own personal league and your league settings. So, you know, some Keeper leagues are like, hey, you know, you can keep your three best players. Some are, you know, like Dynasty formats where it's like you can invest more in a younger up-and-coming guy. And then, like older players, not so much, you know. It, but it all depends on again, like what your own personal leagues and stuff like that. Um, you know, you and I have discussed a keeper league that you're still in. I used to be in it, um, and that's a fun one where we kind of assign contracts to players. Yep. Um, and that makes it interesting, you know. We it, your contracts are essentially like your budget, and you can't go over a certain number of years, and it just adds to the strategy of prioritizing you know, who's going to be a better long-term asset versus a shorter term. So, um, you know, those types of leagues are a lot of fun. Um, but the redraft leagues are the most common. And, you know, when we're discussing typically on this podcast, when we're discussing drafts and mock drafts and where guys are going in drafts, we're typically talking about redrafts. So, um, yeah, my,
0: myself personally, I, I definitely prefer redrafts over keeper dynasty leagues, um, or anything similar. Um, yeah, I just think the redraft is the best to me, and it gives you, it gives you that option to get in and out too, if you want to. If you, uh, I, I feel like you almost get stuck in keep release, and you don't get replaced. I guess there's the option too, but I don't know. I just I feel like the redraft, you get the people are focused for the year that want to do it for the year, and
1: yeah, you're starting fresh. Yeah. And I think this is a good. I kind of want to segue here into draft types. You know, we'll get into more of the season long league types, but I want to talk about drafts here for a second. Cause this brings up a great point. Um, I agree with you. I think uh, redrafts are the best. And I think the bit, the, the biggest thing for me is drafting your team. And the fact that like you can draft your whole new team, start over, everybody's excited. It's a brand new season. Everybody feels like they've got a chance to win. Everybody's excited. And you know sure I
0: mean it's the most exciting part of every fantasy league I think is the draft right yeah absolutely so, and
1: I was I was gonna say you mentioned you know the idea of being in a league with friends and stuff uh, there's different ways that you can draft um, and you can either draft online or offline in person my personal favorite thing to do is to draft offline in person when you can get all your buddies together and either go to somebody's house or go to a place, you know, a restaurant or bar or something like that. And you can do a draft in person with everybody there and everybody can kind of see everybody's reactions and stuff there. To me, there's nothing better in terms of the fantasy sports experience than that particular day and, and events, you know, just that, that draft being there live and you know, the, the nervousness that everybody has, and especially as the draft gets deeper and, you know, who's falling, who's rising, all that stuff. It's just so much fun. Um,
0: That, that moment when somebody snipes somebody right before your pick and they just fall backwards with their arms in the the air. Yeah. (laughs) You (laughs) (laughs) sob. like that's Um, fun.
1: But the most common way that we see it across different fantasy sites is to do the online draft where you have a timer set, you can only have however many seconds to make your pick you're drafting online. So it just kind of keeps moving. And, uh, that can be, you know, obviously that has a lot of pressure too. You know, you're on the clock, you've, you know, you, you don't want to click on the wrong player or anything like that. So, um, it is easier to kind of make those type of mistakes. So I'm not as big of a fan of those. Um, but that's how you're going to do mock drafts
0: as well. You're going to be on a timer. You're going to be online. And stuff yeah. like that. So, I, I would even say stupid comment, but a lot of people might have older people <laughs> that are in their, um, drafts. And I, I just, like, I just had a fantasy football draft recently and mm-hmm. it was an online draft, but it was after a party. So we were all, a, half of everybody in the league was together. <laughs> so we all had our phones out and we're doing this stuff, but there was somebody outside smoking and he was a little older, not so much over. He's a great <laughs> guy, but, uh, he, uh, you know, he didn't log in in time. He didn't. He didn't get there. So his yeah, exactly not as savvy. So his first pick was, you know, Cooper Cup. It was an automatic pick that he nest. He didn't actually want to make, but he wasn't able to. So basically, in a long, long story short, I'm just saying the in-person drafts, like you said, less pressure, and you don't have to be technically savvy. You don't have. You won't forget about the draft time. You won't all those yeah. different things pressing the wrong button, like you just said. So that's another yeah. advantage.
1: And that brings up a great point. Um, So, you know, if anybody's wondering, like, what happens if you run out of time, uh, what does happen is you get auto-drafted, which means you're relying solely on whatever site you're on. You're relying on their pre-ranks, their default rankings at that point. They just give you who they deem to be the best player available. But they're not taking into account um, positional need or, you know, obviously anybody that you have, you know, personal preferences towards. So um, because they don't know that. Um, so yeah, you, it's, it's tough, you know, you definitely, if you're into it enough, you can make your own rankings and depending on which site you're on, you know, we've talked about that. Some sites allow you mm-hmm. to use your own pre-rankings digitally online. Um, some don't, that's why, again, I, I like, I favor the, you know, offline drafts where you can kind of do everything on your own time in your own terms and your own way. Um, you know, but it's to each their own, you have the options to do them differently, in terms of draft types, um, there
0: are... Actually, hey, so you know, can I say one more thing? Yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, so we had a, uh, like, we have a draft coming, not for basketball, this weekend. I'm unable to attend <laughs> because of the birthday um, that I mentioned uh, my mother-in-law's birthday is this weekend, so I won't be there. So I'm doing some other things. Um So I guess that would be a. Downfall of offline drafts is I can't I could pre rank and give you them right I and mean, I can tell you and do it individually but I can't pre rank online and then just have it automatically work so if people miss drafts some I guess one benefit of an online draft would be if a lot of people aren't going to attend or you know people miss maybe you do it on you get together still yeah people you, but then do it online as far yeah as you could ticket. still
1: if you're not physically there you could still potentially have the ability to jump online and still make your picks. But there's yep. no guarantee of that. You know, you might be so busy that you might not be able to jump on and make your pick. Right. But then online, you could pre
0: rank you could pre rank at that time too. You though, could so. pre rank, yeah. Yep. You
1: know, um, you know, but you've got if you're doing an online draft, like we said, you've got a running clock and stuff like that too. So That's you only true. have so much time to be like, Okay, am I up? All right, I gotta make my pick and but if you're busy, if you're in the middle of stuff, it's kinda hard to navigate that. So you know, but everything said, and downs.
0: Yeah, everything said and done. I agree though. The off offline in person draft is the way to go. But just just mentioning some uh, devil's head. Yeah. and we'll get,
1: yeah, and we're gonna get more into that. We've got we' trust me, we're gonna get into that here momentarily. I wanted to bring up real quick that there are two like main ways to draft in terms of draft types. Yep. Um, the most popular, most common is a snake draft. and what that means is you start off, you've got the first, however many teams are in your league, you determine your order. Uh, the first team obviously gets the number one pick you go all the way to, you know, whatever it is, you know, 10, 12, 14, whatever the total number of teams is in your draft, whoever has the last pick of the first round would then get the first pick of the second round. And you just go around until you're back at the, you know, at the end of the second round is the person that had the first overall pick. Then they would get the first pick of the third round. And you just go in that order. You just go uh, back around in recent times they've come out with like third round reversal and stuff like that to kind of make it more fair to where um, you know, the person that wound up with the first pick are they're you know, they're at a huge advantage because obviously they're getting the presumed best player that's available. Um, now that would make them kind of wait longer in between picks to get their other guys. And that kind this of might
0: be a dumb question, but is there ever a possibility that you could have an order, let's say one through 10, right. Through the first five rounds. And then the, next five rounds is 10 through one and go opposite order.
1: Yeah. That's, that's basically <laughs> what I'm describing. So that's and, what it
0: turns out to. Okay. Yeah. And
1: it's becoming more popular. Like in recent years, I've never personally tried it before. And I think it, it's all, you know, dependent on, on what's going on because you've got different types of leagues, different types of people that are in those leagues. If you've got people who are hardcore, you know, that might make more sense for them, but people that are more yeah. casual and stuff, you know, it's all kind of a crap shoot anyways. And, you know, we talk all the time about injuries and stuff. You know, who's to say that the person getting picked first or second or third overall isn't gonna go down with a season ending injury like right away? You know, yeah, anything's possible. So I almost um, feel like
0: they should do a rotation of like you fist you pick first. If you're if you're the first pick, you pick first in the first round, second in the second round, third in the third round, and just keep going a pick. You can down do that. And uh, and oh, really? again,
1: like that's a you know, I don't know what the sites are all capable of, but that's the beauty of doing offline drafts is you could do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. You can customize it any way you want. You can, you know, however you want to do your draft, your commissioner is going to just go in and fill in the results when you're done doing your draft. And then that, those are your teams. So, um, however I, always, you want I guess it, I
0: always hated back-to-back picks is that's why I say that. So like having a, you know, when you're a one and then you get to the end and then you start over again and you snake around, you get back to back picks all the time. Sure. And I hate that. So I always thought it'd be cool to just just completely switch the number every round. But. For sure.
1: Um, but <laughs> um, I, I'll say too, I also like the snake format because it's fun for mock drafts. It's fun to kind of say like, all right, I want to pick from the 12 spots so that I do get those back-to-backs and I can yeah, kind of much, strategize at like who I'm looking at, you know, on the turn. Yeah, you know, who are the guys that I think are going to be available, you know, and then after you make your picks, you know, you're not picking again for a long time. So it's like, all right, I got to get these guys now. Cause I know they're not coming back to me. It just kind of yeah. adds to the yeah. strategy.
0: You get a good bathroom break or grab a beer, or have a <laughs> cigarette. So exactly. that's kind of cool too. When you have that exactly. number one pick.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, the, and like I said, snake is the most common way of drafting, but the other, um, popular way to do it is auction. And I've never actually personally done an auction draft before I've seen them. Um, They look really, really cool. And the way that it works is you, again, you have kind of this like budget that you can use and you basically bid this fake money on players. So like, you know, the first person, the person that has the first pick, they just toss a player out there and you begin the bids, you know, so that those kinds of drafts are going to take a lot longer. If you're, you know, kind of in a time crunch auction drafts, probably not the best for you, but um, you know, again, if you've got, a lot of people in your league who are pretty hardcore, you know um, it's definitely something that's, you know, popular and something that I've always wanted to try Um, definitely looks cool. um, You know, but there are ups and downs with it. So, and again, it all depends on your league. It depends on who you're playing with. You know, if you've got people that are more casual, they're probably going to prefer a snake draft just because it's easier. It's less time consuming and, you know, just a little more chill. Um, yeah, but it all yeah. depends.
0: That's really interesting. Cause yeah, I, I've never done an auction either. Um, obviously if you do like a daily fantasy sports, you're, you're using salary, but yeah. obviously you can't have the same person. So it's kind of a, yeah. like I said, in between, but it actually sounds like a lot of fun to me. I think I would be really into the auction drafts more yeah. than snake. Cause it kind of eliminates the thing. Like I said, having the predictable kind of, I know that's fun. Some I'm doing the snake stuff too. You have your, I don't know. your different ways of doing it. But yeah, I think Uh the auction would be fun because then, yeah, you're not always picking in the same spot. You're trying to get the players you want. Um, I don't know. It does sound cool. I'd like to try that sometime.
1: And there's a lot of different strategy that you can implement with those drafts as well. Like you can, um, you can throw a guy out there and then you can throw a really high bid because you know, someone else really likes that player and you know that they're going to spend all their money on that. Yeah. Yeah. Or on the flip side, you can toss somebody out there. Who's like a big time sleeper pick that you don't think anybody else is really going to know or care about. And you can get that player real cheap, you know? So there's a lot of different strategies to it. And again, that's where knowing your league and knowing who you're playing with has, you know, a major advantage to it. So um, yeah, again, it's not anything that I've personally ever done, but it's something that I have seen and, and definitely something that I'd love to try sometime.
0: And there's definitely mock drafts out there for both, Types, So you can try it out as a mock draft as well.
1: Again, just know if you're committing to an auction draft, you're committing to a lot more time. So (laughs) just be patient. Um, Let's get into the different um, season-long league league types. Um, So the most kind of common and popular is head-to-head. And what that means is you're facing off against one particular team for that week. Um, It's very popular in football because obviously football is weekly. They just play once a week, Um, but it's very, it's the most popular format across all sports. So even with basketball head to head is kind of the, the number one, you know, it's what most people play where you're in a league with however many teams, but each week you're going up against one specific team. And in terms of scoring, there's different ways that you can do it. There's where you can do by each category, which is where, you know, like if you've got just every single category, it totals up your stats. And then it goes off of that. Um, There's also most categories, which is where you're just, Hey, um, you know, we've got uh, five to four, you know, like I've, I've got more, I'm, I'm better in these five categories and, you know, losing in these four. So your score winds up being five to four that week. Um, you know, whereas the, in the, the each category format, it's totaling up everything. Uh, that's my preference. I, I prefer that because it breaks a lot of ties and stuff. You know, if you've got where every week, all the matchups are five to four, four to five, six to three, you're going to have a lot of ties in there. You're going to have a lot of similarities in terms of records. So, um, I like getting down to the specifics. And I think that's where I personally recommend doing each category. Um, But you have the option of doing either those, or you can do what's called points. And what that is, is basically it's very popular in fantasy football, um, but it's also popular in basketball and other sports. It's basically where whatever the player does in terms of their production, it just adds them all up and puts them into what's called fantasy points. And um, in terms of basketball, a points format doesn't focus on eight or nine categories. It focuses more on counting stats, which is just typically points, steals, blocks, assists, rebounds, and then possibly like threes, you know. But other than that, um, you're not really talking about percentages or turnovers. So, um, you know, guys that are not as efficient, um, you know, they're value rises significantly in points leagues. You know, that's why we've talked about guys in the past, like Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons, Zion Williamson, these guys that have been known to have a lot of like inefficiencies in their game. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's a, it's a chance for them to kind of have more value because they're not really hurting you so much. They're just gaining points for the things that they're doing versus losing points for the things that they're not doing. So, um, you know, it's it, like I said, it's it's kind of like the default standard in fantasy football. Uh, but in basketball, you know, it's kind of, it, it kind of depends on the site that you use. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and,
0: and that would be, that would go back to the daily fantasy sports as well. They usually do points as well. Yeah. So. Yep. D- DFS. Same is, idea.
1: Yep. DFS is basically uh points format. And then, yeah. um, ESPN, all of their sports, fantasy sports, regardless of which sport it is, they pretty much all default to a point style. Um, and they, and they rank their players based on that. Uh, whereas like on Yahoo, they default to head to head yeah. and, um, you know, they default, I believe to each category. So, um, you know, it, it all kind of depends on your site, but, but, um, every site allows you to customize that. So you can pick and choose which style that you want to play. Um, There's also a style called rotisserie or, you know, we, we often call it roto. And what that means is you get a
0: chicken you put it on a spit and you (laughs)
1: Um, in roto, everything just accumulates. So basically you don't go head to head with one particular team you're just all of the stats for every team just compile together. And then whoever's got the most points out of everyone gets a certain amount of points. So like, it depends on how many teams are in the league. If you're playing in an eight team league and you have the most points in your league, you're going to have eight points in that category. Um, if you're the, if you have the second highest points scored, then you're going to have seven points. You know, it it, it all depends on, you know, where you're at and how many teams you play, but everything just accumulates, you know, and so it's a little bit it can be a little bit more fair. There's less luck involved with roto because you're you know, um you're you're going about, you know, who's got who's doing the best throughout the course of the season. It's not going week to week. It's just compiling everything. So
0: Yeah, I would say also protestry I always notice obviously it takes a while to move like if you're in standings right to move one spot to the other usually more time consuming there's not big shifts within the standings in a small amount of time whereas head to head you can get a lopsided matchup you can get your um somebody wins you know eight to one or something all of a sudden and you know they jump up somewhere and whatever rotisserie is great too for the kind of weed out the people that don't pay attention um towards the bottom. <laughs> Whereas I feel like with head to head, a lot of the time you have some people that just don't pay attention as much as they should to, to their leagues. And it makes a big difference on different weeks, you know, head to head. So
1: I, I think know. this is a perfect segue to talk about preferences, to talk um, about, you know, what, so we've, we've kind of talked about this before um, to me, in my opinion, I think fantasy sports and particularly fantasy basketball comes down to you, the player. What do you specifically want to get out of your experience playing? And, you know, um, we see people that want to play fantasy basketball just to try to make money. You know, they don't play, they don't care who they're playing against. Um, They'll go online and do all their drafts online and they'll just play people for money. You know, they'll play and, you know, some will play in like really, you know, high scale, you know, high risk you know formats you know where you're playing for tons of money and then you'll have Mm -hmm. some that are a little bit more chill you know a little bit more you know just lower scale you know low risk kind of just you know cheaper you know but 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 in any case they're playing for money and they're playing strictly to try to win and make money or you can do like what we've alluded to earlier where you're just, you're getting a bunch of buddies together and you're playing in a league against your friends and you want to smack talk and you want to have fun and you want to, you know, make strategic trades and trade offers with people and, you know, have back and forth and all that kind of stuff. Um, This is my opinion. I think in my opinion, if you want to play strictly for money, you don't care who you're playing against. You just want to play for money. I think Roto is probably your best option because it just, it makes things more fair. It it really just shows who has the best teams throughout the duration of the season. So if you've got the best team early on, like you said before, the chances of you losing your lead is a lot slimmer in Roto because you don't have, you know, these like weeks where you lose three or four guys due to injury or like something happens in real life where a guy's minutes get impacted negatively and go down and then you lose, you know, stats out of that player and you're having to scramble and stuff like that. You know, a lot of like quirky things can happen in a head to head setting. Um, Whereas in Roto, again, you're not going head to head. you just, everything's just accumulating. So you can maintain your leads a lot easier. And at the end of the season, it's usually whoever had the best team wins and it's kind of like
0: it's kind of like weather if i had to <laughs> take this so like rotisserie is like global warming right and and things happen slowly but a little centigrade here and there and things can start to happen whereas head-to-head is like oh a front came in here comes a hurricane a tropical depression and boom all of a sudden one week florida gets destroyed like <laughs> that can happen in head-to-head whereas rotisserie it, it takes a little longer That is a fantastic (laughs) analogy.
1: There you go. That's
0: that's that's what I'm here for. That's why I was. I don't don't know if I've ever heard a better
1: one than that. That's perfect. Um, But yeah, so I think, you know, that might be the best way to go in terms of just trying to make money. Um, It's it's probably the most fair and most balanced. But, and we've talked about this before, I think I can speak for both of us on this. You and I both, I think, prefer head to head. Uh, Just the excitement of it. The fact that it. It gives you that like March madness kind of vibe, you know, like the, anything can happen any week, you know, everybody's got a shot. If your team sucks, you know, you still have a chance to, you know, make some moves and come back and go on a run. Um, You know, you have a fantasy playoffs in Roto. You don't do a playoffs because again, everything's just accumulating. You're not going yep. up against one specific team, but in head to head. You do a fantasy playoffs, which is almost like March Madness, where like you can have the best team during the season, but come playoff time, I mean, there's a lot of luck involved. You got to make sure that you're going in healthy, that you're going in hot, that you're making the right moves. If you've made trades, they're they're strategic. Um, You can make trades. To be clear, you can make trades in any format. Um, If you're doing Roto, you can make trades in that too, and you can say, "Hey, look, you know,
0: do you say say there's no playoffs in rotisserie? No, there isn't because you're not going
1: up." Yeah, uh, you're not going up against anybody, you know. You're that's not going- absolute
0: bullshit. So I feel like my not necessarily a pl- like okay. So head to head, yeah, you go up against people one and one, and I understand that we play that all the time. That's how you have your playoffs. Yeah. But rotisserie, why wouldn't go to a certain spot, stop the league, take your top four teams, and start a new rotisserie for the last four weeks? Like I mean, you can, you can depending I mean, on
1: what site you're on, you could probably do that. Uh, But that's not tip. That's not how it defaults to, you know, if you're doing Roto by default, you're not doing a fantasy playoffs. Mm -hmm. Everything just accumulates. And again, that's why I said, if you're in a Roto league and you're just trying to play for money, like, and you're an awesome team, you know, you don't want a playoffs. You want to just keep your top spot so that you can win and take your money and be done. Um, you know, but again, like we just said, you and I personally, we both like the head to head because we like the excitement of like doing a playoffs and like, again, having a chance, if you're a a middle of the pack team, maybe you had an awesome draft, but you lost a bunch of guys to injury, but you were able to like grind out and kind of play hard enough and and win enough to maintain a, you know, a spot, get in the playoffs, but you know,
0: you've still got a chance. Your season's not just over. I definitely didn't know there was no playoff in rotisserie. I, I've just never played it. And I now think rotisserie sucks completely. <laughs> like I, I, I knew it before. Like I didn't like it. Like I liked head to head more, but now uh, I'm even more like we just talked about like fantasy. Why we do fantasy because we want to be yeah. like the, the general manager and create our team and do this and blah, blah, blah. And if you don't have a playoffs, what's, what's the point? The playoffs is the the most. Well, the part. point is just that
1: you you had your draft, you drafted what, appeared to be the best team. And then obviously you played it out and your players did have the best amount of stats.
0: So it's not realistic. And And it's not realistic to me because yeah, if you, you had the best draft grade, but you shouldn't, you got to have guys that perform even in clutch time, you know,
1: it's realistic, but it's just, it's not how sports is, you know, in every major sport, they've got that big playoff at the end, you know, and like we, we said, March madness, you know, a team could be, You know, can come in as the number one seed, but they can lose in the first round. You got the Cinderella ability. Yeah. Yeah. And it just makes it that much more exciting. And especially, again, if you're playing with friends. Here's the other thing, too. If you're a commissioner and you're running a league, as a commissioner, you want to be able to make sure that everybody in your league is active, involved, having fun. And if you're in a roto league and you're, you know, you've got a 10 team. Roto League, those teams that are in 10th, 9th, 8th, probably even 7th place are probably checking out at a certain point and just saying, I'm done. You know, my team's too far behind. Like you said, it's harder to catch up in those type of formats. So you're just saying, all right, well, screw it. And that's why I said, if you're just playing to try to make money and take people's money, then Roto is probably a good way to go because if you're confident that you can, you know, be a great team. Um, you can make money a lot easier that way because you're not relying so much on, you know, luck and fate
0: and stuff. Yeah. And, and, and there the are and yeah.
1: there are leagues where like, you know, they pay out for, you know, top three finishes. So like if you just say, hey, look, if I can be one of the three top teams, I'm guaranteed to at least make some money, you know. So that's where, yeah. you know, Roto can be beneficial. But again, um, you know, if you're playing with friends and you want to have the most exciting an entertaining experience in my opinion. And it sounds like yours too. The way to go is head to head. And that's personally what you and I do both play. Um, you know, we've got, we've both talked about, you know, the leagues that we're in uh, the main league that I'm in. Uh, we've had the same group of guys for well over a decade. And, you know, we don't have turnover. We we've got the same group of guys they're always into it. Our drafts are always a blast. Like we said, that's like the best part of the season, but the whole season's fun. You know, everybody's into it. Everybody's engaged. Um, you know, everybody keeps coming back for the next year. And, you know, we have a lot of parody too. You know, we've got a lot of, you know, because it's head to head and because a lot of things can happen, we do have some situations where a team comes into the fantasy playoffs as a one seed and loses early. And you know what, you know, crap happens, you know, shit happens, but that's, you know, again, how professional sports go, you know, and, and even how college sports go. You, you've always got that like tournament or that playoffs, you know, where even the low seeds have a chance to, to do something and knock off the, you know, the top team. And it just adds to the excitement and it gives everybody a chance and it keeps everybody engaged. And I think as a commissioner, like I said, that's what you want. That's what you want to strive for. You want everybody in your league to be into it, to be checking it, to stay on there, stay active, especially if it's your buddies.
0: Yeah, no, completely agree. Man, I forgot you got this little other uh, league type best ball, and I got to be honest. I had seen this thrown around best ball, and I was like, I don't even know what the fuck this is. I, yeah. I had no idea. But It's,
1: it's become a- popular the last couple of years. It's kind of a newer format, and basically... It's where you just draft your teams. So you don't make any moves. There's no trades. Yeah. There's no free back to back moves. to the
0: Ronco set it and forget it. Right. Yeah. And again, <laughs> like
1: you said, there are a lot of people that are into that because again, like they don't want to make that commitment of having to like check it all the time. And yeah. you know, they want to be able to just say, Hey, look, I have the best draft, you know, and that's fine. Um, you can definitely do that. And, and those have become really popular. And again, a lot of people do those for money. So,
0: so basically, as we, we just went through this head-to-head, rotisserie, and best ball, and in my opinion, it's it's if you want to become lazier and lazier and lazier with your involvement <laughs> within within your fantasy basketball team, I, I mean, it's basically kind of what it comes down to. And you're right. And, and again,
1: right. and again, it's another way to figure out, like you know, do I want to just try to make money? Yeah. Um, you know, and do it in an easier way where I'm not really having to do as much or you know do i want to have the challenge of going on there and being aggressive and again it all depends on what you're doing and what you want to do yeah and then if you are playing in a league with friends regardless of if it's head-to-head or roto it's imperative that everybody's on the same page and everybody's in agreement with how the league's set up how the league settings are and we're going to get into some of those specifics here um it's really important that everybody's on the same page because otherwise you will have turnover. You'll have people who shut down. You'll have people who just say, you know, fuck it, I'm done. I'm I'm not going to play anymore. I don't have a chance. And and this league sucks. I don't want to be in it anymore. And then you now, if you're the commissioner, you got to find somebody else to jump in. You got to try to sell it to them. I mean, it's a pain in the ass, you know. So you definitely want to make sure that like, you know, everybody in the league is is into it that they're committed to it and that they're having a good time with it. Um, yeah. No, yeah, I, this, I completely this is uh, we knew this would be a long conversation. Um, let's go ahead and uh, get into our, we've got kind of a list of questions here that I'm going to read, you know, FAQ mailbag style. <laughs> and um, I think the first question that I've got here is when should drafts take place? Um, you know, obviously the answer to most of these questions is going to be based on your own personal preference. Um, uh, but I think you and I can probably agree. And most people agree the best time to draft is right before the season. That way you're, you know, you've got a clear idea on, you know, rotations and like who's injured, um, who looks like they're going to have a good year. Who are some guys that maybe got overhyped and, you know, don't look as good now. Um, You know, that sort of thing, Um, you know, but we'll get into like when leagues can start and stop. You can do drafts at any time. You can do drafts after the, the, the actual season has started. So like, if you're doing fantasy basketball, you could start your league and your draft week two, week three, week four. Um, That's nuts. (laughs) Yeah. To me, I think. I think get, starting at the beginning of the league is the most fun because again, like every team's usually healthy because pl- players haven't played yet and everybody's you know into it. Every team in real life thinks that they have a chance. They're coming into it fresh. You know, a lot of teams we talked about all the changes that every team made and how their rotations look coming into the season uh, or at least coming into training camp. So everybody's yeah. optimistic, you know, and I think that's the time where you kind of want to, start playing and and drafting and seeing how everybody's going to look and, you know, who's going to wind up putting up the best stats. You know, I think starting off fresh is the most fun and the best way to go.
0: I I can't think of any great idea or logical ideas of why you wouldn't do it right before the season. I mean, everything you just pointed out seems like that makes the most sense. It's the most exciting time when you, when you're you're looking forward to the, the tip off happening, but, I'm sure there's some reasons why people do it. And if there are some reasons, send us a message. I'd love to hear. Them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so my next question here is when should leagues start and stop? So again, it's all based on preference, but most season long leagues do begin at the start of the regular season. Um, and they do all default to that. But like we said, you can change it. And uh, we've talked before about how specifically with basketball, there are leagues out there that begin like around the holidays, you know, after mm-hmm. football's ending, you know, people, some people out there say, Hey, you know what? I don't want to be playing football and basketball at the same time. I want to just put all my focus and energy into football. And then once that wraps up, then I'll jump into some basketball leagues yeah. and I'll shift my priorities and focus to that.
0: I can understand uh, that's,
1: that. Yeah. And that's fine. You could do that. But again, um, you know, I think you and I agree that, you know, starting off at the beginnings, you know, probably the best way to go
0: and i I Uh, guess if you're at that point too where you're like oh i'm gonna start a league in december um or or january february after football is over just do the daily stuff like at that point this is true this is very true just Um, my opinions yeah no i
1: i I agree with you uh we have talked before about this and you could go back and listen to previous podcasts um, and we'll probably discuss it again but ending leagues this is a big topic In the fantasy industry. Um, Again, if you're in a roto league, you're typically not doing a fantasy playoff. So you can end those leagues whenever you want to. You can play them out for the whole season if you want. um, Or if you want to end it on a specific date, most sites let you do that, no problem. In terms of head to head, you can play out the entire season, um, but we do not recommend doing that. Um, You know, the last, especially in the NBA, that last month of the season gets really chaotic. You've got a bunch of injuries, legit injuries. And then you have teams that are just resting players. You know, a lot of teams are jockeying for position. A lot of teams are saying, Oh, you know, we're in the three seed. We want to stay in this seed because we like the teams that we'd be matching up with at six. Um, you know, we're trying to get to that one or two spots that we can get home court. Um, you know, if you're at the bottom, you're like, oh, you know, we're trying, you know, some teams are, are thrown in the towel and saying, we don't want to make the playoffs because we want to get a higher draft pick. So there's some shadiness going on then guys get rested and shut down and stuff like that. So um, me personally, as much as I love basketball and as love, as much as I love fantasy, I just can't stand that last month of the season. The other thing, and we've talked about this as well, is for us basketball fans, You've got March Madness in March, and I love being able to just be done with fantasy basketball so that I can just enjoy March Madness and just enjoy the tournament and just focus on my brackets. And, you know, I can still watch NBA basketball and still follow along with it without having to do fantasy and having to grind out those head-to-head matchups or be in a roto league where I've already established that I'm one of the best teams and and the last month isn't going to matter as much so I don't personally have a problem with ending my fantasy seasons in the early weeks of March and then just saying hey look you know it's been a good season I'm just going to sit back at this point I'm going to watch the NBA games and I'm going to watch March Madness and just sit back and enjoy it and you and I have talked about this and we'll continue to talk about it you can play fantasy during the NBA playoffs. And you and I are both big fans of that. We've talked all about it. We'll continue to do so. And so to me personally, I love taking the you know majority of March and all of April to just kind of, well, I guess it's technically the, the first half of April to just yeah. kind of like sit back and just kind of assess where things are and where these teams are in real life that are that are looking at the playoffs so that you can do a playoff league starting in mid April and you can draft a whole new team of guys that are just in the NBA playoffs. And then you've got a whole season of, of fantasy right there that you can do. And I love doing that. Just taking that little break and then getting back into it with the fantasy playoffs. That's great.
0: I was going to say earlier, you mentioned too having uh, doing football, ending football and starting a basketball league. If you wanted to do it later, that is an option, right? Um, yeah. But also if you end that basketball league, like you've just said here in mid March, uh, going into April, there you got your March Madness, but also April starts fantasy be- baseball. So if you're into baseball as well, you can start a whole new rotation going into baseball at the start of the season as well. So you get and uh,
1: another thing that you mentioned, you can always do DFS. So if correct. you're in a season long league and you're concerned about you know stopping your fantasy league in March instead of April, you can stop your league and then just do DFS if you want to do something with yep. the NBA. And that's a lot less, you know, pressure and annoyance because you're not necessarily as, you know, worried about who's playing and not playing. If you're doing DFS, you just jump on there, you know, close to the time to set your lineups. You just check on who's playing and who's not playing. You make your picks and then you're done.
0: Um, Totally.
1: Yeah. So um, next question on here. um, How many players should you have per team? Um, It depends on how many teams are in the league. Typically, though, a good number to kind of shoot for, in my opinion, is 150 to 160. I think that's a really solid number in terms of um, having a deeper league where you're, you know, having to kind of dig through the mines, so to speak, you know, to find, you know, those buried treasures. And, you know, those guys on the waiver wire, you know, it's just a, a good balance to where, you know, there's talent out there but you just have to work a little bit harder to find it because every team's deep enough, every team's got enough talent. And that also leads to balance in your league. It makes it to where there's competitive balance. And again, everybody's got an opportunity to compete. And if somebody sustains a big injury or two, they can still make moves and still be competitive and still have enough talent on their team to feel the competitive roster. Nope.
0: Completely agree again. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. You and I have talked about this before. How should trades be handled? Uh, yeah. This is completely a... up to the league, uh, but you and I both agree on this. We recommend setting no restrictions on trades. If team a and team B want to make a trade with one another. That should be the end of it. If the trades blatantly one-sided, the commissioner can always step in and veto it and like put the guys back on their original teams and you know if the if the league's saying, hey, look, you know this is clear. You know if you're in a money league, you know, and it looks kind of shady, you know that that's one thing. But if you're in a league with buddies, and you're not playing for money, or you're playing for like a little amount of money, and there's like two teams that make a trade, and maybe it's you know kind of like in the short term, like whoa, this guy's clearly better than this guy, but these two teams have agreed to this trade. They're grown adults, presumably. Uh, and mm-hmm. even if they're not, every commissioner is in charge of their team and they're entitled to do whatever they want to do with their team. And if you're, and especially if you're in a league with friends, if you're in a league where you're not playing for money and stuff, there's no reason to have any kind of like voting on trades and holding up trades and making it less fun and making it more restrictive for people um you know i think i speak for both of us we just don't agree on that um you know fantasy is supposed to be fun it's supposed yeah. to be it like goes back to that... what we said at the beginning you know it goes back to like giving us the chance to have control and run our team and do the things we want we don't want somebody blowing a whistle at us and telling us we can't do this or we can't do that
0: i would hit the whistle thing right now but my uh my soundboard's not working at the moment but um no i completely agree and especially like you said there's no money involved there's no there's, there's definitely no reason to restrict any trades if no money uh well, what who in their right mind with no money involved would like i don't know team up to sabotage a league with friends like that just makes no sense so there should be no restrictions at all
1: and on that note should there be a limit on ads and drops um no. I think i No man, no. <laughs> we strongly advise against setting a season-long limit. Um if you want to set a weekly limit, that's tolerable. Uh again, it depends on your league. If you've got a whole bunch of people that are all for setting restrictions for the entire season and they want that challenge of of making, you know, strategic moves and, you know, having every move matter that that carefully and, and, you know, importantly, then fine. But, um, you know, again, what we just said a minute ago, this is all about having fun. It's all about having control. You know, you're the commission, you know, or I'm sorry, you're the manager of your team. So you want to be able to have full ability to make moves and compete. You know, if you're in a, you know, we've talked about this, where if you're in a situation where you've used up your moves, You can't do anything now. You're just being told you're done. All you can do is sit back and watch and cross your fingers and hope for the best. That's no fun, especially if you're managing a team that's got a bunch of injuries. And you've got a bunch of holes in your lineup that are just taking zeros. And you have nothing that you can do about it. That's the worst feeling. And that's what ultimately leads to people quitting fantasy. That's what leads to... Um, people deciding to do DFS or just get into betting and do something else other than fantasy. And if you're a commissioner and you're running a league where you're trying to keep people engaged and keep people participating, that's the last thing you want to do is set more and more limits and, and essentially boss people around and tell them what to do. That's the last thing that somebody playing fantasy sports wants.
0: Completely agreed. I, the, the, The position limits always killed me because I always felt, yeah, if somebody wants to pay attention more than somebody else, let them benefit from that. That's always the way I felt from that. So if you want to make 20 moves (laughs) in a small amount of time, go for it. That's the way it should be.
1: I think we've summed fantasy basketball up really well here. I've just got two quick questions I want to go off real quick here. Just read off. Um, And we've talked about this before what is the best way to utilize waivers? And I want to specifically mention fantasy basketball here. Um, In my opinion, I don't think waivers should exist in basketball. I just think players play every day. There's just too much going on. I don't think there's enough time to be able to sit through a waiver process. Um, I think you have to have, as a manager, you have to have the ability to act quickly and just get people And, you know, if if someone gets dropped there, that's something that that manager that had that player decided to do, you know, there shouldn't be any kind of, it should just be, you know, like if that player's dropped, they're now available. And, you know, they, they had their reasons to do that. So anybody that chooses to pick that player up, that's their choice. And, you know, it, it, yes, there, it could be unfair at times if somebody, Misses out on an opportunity to add somebody who was dropped and they say, you know, oh, I, I was in the middle of something at work. You know, I couldn't just jump right on and grab them and somebody else got them before me. That's not fair. Um, I agree. But again, when it, when it comes down to it in the grand scheme of things, you know, basketball is just too fast paced. Um, You know, waivers is perfect for football. Again, football is once a week. You know, you have your players that play typically on Sunday, but whichever day of the week they play, that's their one game that week. And then you make moves after the games. And, you know, so you've got that, you know, the three day window or whatever it is to where you could put in waiver claims and and bids and stuff like that. Basketball moves way too quickly for that. You've got games every single day, especially the NBA. You've got 30 teams. You've got all these players. Guys are going in and out of the lineup. Guys are getting hurt. They're getting traded in real life. And, you know, things are happening. You just don't have time, in my opinion, to be able to sit around and make waivers and stuff. What I do in my league, and we've talked about this before. I won't get too in-depth with this, but we use waivers as a way to protect players that are injured who you can't throw on an injured list because Yahoo or whatever site you're using hasn't changed that player's status to injured. So if you've got somebody who's marked as just out or day to day or whatever, but we know that they're going to be missing time. We allow, and at least in my league, we allow people to drop players so that they go on waivers and then the commissioner just keeps those players on waivers so that nobody else can pick them up. Now, because we have waivers turned on, technically people can put bids in on those players, but if they're just staying on waivers, they're never going to get them. Or the other thing is they can put a bid on a guy and then they can claim them. But guess what? If it's not your player, the commissioner is just going to go on there and take that player off your team and put them back on the team that had them. So Um, you know, it's just something that like, I recommend doing if you're in a league with people who, you know, and you can all agree on, Hey guys, listen, we're going to use waivers as a way to protect players that, you know, people have as injured that they can't do anything with yet. It just gives them the ability to quickly drop that player and add somebody else in so that they can, again, keep going, keep competing. If you're losing a player due to injury, you're taking a hit on your team. So you want to have the ability to at least try to fill that gap with somebody that's on the waiver wire. It's not going to be somebody that's going to be as good as the player that's going down or that you're losing, but it's at least a way to where you can field somebody in that spot and keep going and keep being competitive and keep, again, giving that fantasy manager an opportunity and a reason to continue going, continue competing and continue trying to win.
0: Correct. You want to give every player maximum potential to be able to compete and get their max amount of games in there. And it's no reason for any league to uh, limit those amount of games and and opportunities. You have to accumulate points to help even the playing field just a little bit.
1: To me, that's what fantasy is all about. And if you don't have that, it's going to lead to turnover and stuff like that, you know? And again, if going back to our original conversation, if you want to play just for money, you don't care who you're playing against. You're just trying to, you know, win and take people's money. Then, all right, cool. You don't care. But if you're in a league with buddies and stuff, then you absolutely want to care and you guys want to all be on the same page. So it's very important if you're a commissioner of a league that you're playing in with with a bunch of friends and stuff, To get everybody together before the league starts and say, hey guys, here's how we've set the league up. Is everybody in agreement with this? Um, Does anybody have any objections? Uh, Does anybody have ideas, suggestions? You know, and make sure that everybody's on the same page. Because otherwise, like we've said, you're going to have people that, you know, either during it or at the end of it, they're going to go, these rules weren't fair to everybody. Uh, It didn't make it as fun. It didn't make it as um, enticing for me to want to go on there and continue playing. Uh, yada, yada, yada. So, um, and speaking of waivers and, and injuries and stuff like that, the last thing I wanted to bring up real quick, and we've talked about this specific to Yahoo. Um, Yahoo has what's called an IL plus spot. Mm-hmm. And my question here that I have is should IL IL plus spots be utilized on rosters? Um, again, it's completely up to the league. Um, for my personal opinion, I don't recommend using IL plus, Um, because they're easy to manipulate. And we've talked about this before. If you've got a guy who's marked as um, just day-to-day and they're not even playing that day, you can throw them on your IL Plus and pick up an extra player who is playing that day and get an extra guy. And what if it turns out that the next day, the one that was marked as day-to-day winds up coming back? You've essentially gained yourself a free player And, you know, if you're playing in a head to head league, you know, that can cause a lot of mismatches and, you know, just lead to a lot of unfair stuff, you know, where one team's able to make a bunch more moves. Now, again, that gets back into the the discussion, the discussion of like, do you have restrictions? Do you have weekly or season long restrictions? And if you do, then maybe you could utilize IL plus and just take that into consideration. Like, hey, if you're going to utilize a pickup here. That's one of your pickups for the week or for the season. You just have to keep that in mind. That's one less move that you'll have to use later. So um, again, it all comes down to preference. It all comes down to, you know, the league and and the commissioner of the league and what everybody else in the league thinks. So you just have to be in agreement on stuff like that. But for me personally, I would recommend not using IL Plus and instead turn waivers on and use waivers strictly for being able to drop players who are injured, but just haven't had their statuses updated yet. And, you know, just make sure that everybody in the league understands that like, that's what you're using waivers for. And so, you know, don't bother trying to bid on anybody because you're not going to get them. Uh, yeah. Again, I was going to
0: say, technically, I guess you could use both right. At the same time. You could, if you wanted yeah. to. Um, yeah, so. you
1: can. Uh, these are all options that, and, and that's, what's great about fantasy is you have all kinds of way of customizing your leagues and the way that you want to play. So again, to kind of bring this conversation full circle and wrap it up here, it all comes down to what you, the fantasy player want to get out of the experience. In my opinion, if you want to, um, you know, strictly play for money, you don't care who you're playing against. You don't care if your draft is online or whatever. You just want to like play and try to win and try to make money then you can play whatever way you want to play. You can play Roto and you can just, you know, throw your team out there. You can do best ball. You can just draft and don't even worry about trades and, you know, pickups and stuff like that. Or you can do some combination. You can do like, you know, you could do a league where it's like best ball, but you can customize it to where you can maybe make some moves, but not many, you know, just whatever you want to do. It's all up to you. And then if you're playing in a league with friends and people, you know, it's really important that you communicate with those people too, and make sure that everybody's in agreement. Everybody's on the same page because otherwise people are going to argue and not have fun and and ultimately stop playing. And that's not what you want. You don't want leagues that are imbalanced. You don't want, especially if it's head to head, you don't want two or three teams at the bottom that aren't setting their lineup and haven't touched their team since the beginning of the year. And they're going up against other teams. And then the, the, the matchups get, mismatched and you know you've got all kinds of advantages one way and disadvantages in other ways and it leads to a huge imbalance so
0: yeah no that's probably the biggest nightmare i think with fantasy sports is the imbalance there but it's yeah it's a reason why a lot of people
1: quit it and and exactly and wind up just doing dfs or just doing betting and stuff like that you can do all of these things but
0: i was gonna say i feel a lot of people quit and they don't really voice their concerns to the actual commissioner or to the entire league. They usually just tell Good somebody point. else a lot of the time and do it. I mean, I mean, do it before the season, like that, put it out there, let everybody know. Like you said, you get, get with your friends that usually it's a group of friends that you're in a league with yeah. and talk about vote on stuff. Who cares? Like hash it out, like to discuss things so that, that are yeah. positive, negative and get your league, almost as perfect as you can. So yeah. everybody's having the most amount of fun, like you said. So,
1: yep. I think you do it before and after the league. I think you do it right before the season, you know, when you're getting ready to figure out who's committing for the upcoming year. Nope. And then I think you do it at the end of the year so that people have it fresh in their minds and they can kind of, you can get everybody's thoughts, you know, how did it go? You know, how did you guys like this setup? How did you like these settings? Um, you know, and, and who has suggestions for changes, you know, yep. it's like the professional it world. Open-minded. You got
0: it you got to have your lessons learned and uh, go over those things. So absolutely that's, that's super important. I agree. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that covers a lot of everything. Like I said, I know you got conversation. a little, little more experience with uh, the commissioning and the setting up of leagues than I do. Um, I'm more or less just a player on my end, but um, it's, it does. It, it, it's, there's so many things you don't think of that you need to think of. So hopefully some of this conversation, hopefully if there's one thing that, you know, made you think, Hey, maybe I should tweak something with my league, or maybe I should talk to my, my friends about this league and a setting we have set, go do it. Voice it, voice your concerns, make everybody's got to be happy. That's, that's the main thing is as happy as possible. I guess I should say not everybody can always be happy, but, um, but yeah, hopefully this helps this thing. will be out. will we'll, you know, it out uh even closer again you know maybe we'll republish just a segment as the uh draft days get closer for a lot of people um yeah. but yeah hopefully you enjoyed it hopefully you learned some stuff hopefully you got some ideas from it and uh if you're new to fantasy this, this is a great introduction you got a lot of information at yeah, one absolutely. time so you got you got a nice crash course and uh if you're not new to fantasy like i said hopefully you pick something up but uh And
1: feel free to reach out if anybody is listening to this and has thoughts on this um, or any ideas of their own. um, You know, please reach out, contact us. Um, You know, we'll do an actual mailbag episode if we, you know, get enough questions and get enough feedback. So please reach out to us.
0: Agreed. And yeah, you can send that feedback directly through, you know, Spotify and. Uh, Spotify for podcasters there's a a message place you can send us voice messages actually and then as you mentioned we're on X Twitter, we're on threads you can find us um, at Menace Podman we get new episodes every week hopefully you enjoyed this one and we'll talk to you next week thanks Scott thank you
1: This